this week on the Back Table Podcast. And, and I, I can remember also when I first started, I, so, so that people knew my name, I started to uh, just call the, the, the operator of the hospital and, and, and do a page. I'm paging Dr. Silva. <laughs> so, so, so that the people really? around started hearing my name. Yeah. I, got the, I, I got that idea from an attending of mine. I, I don't know if he actually did it, but he... Wait a minute. You call the operator and you say, hey, paging Dr. Silva. Yeah. So so then a couple times a day, basically, you're advertising effectively. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I didn't have anything else to do. It was that or Netflix. So, right. so, so sometimes I, I did rounds and just... And when I say rounding, I'm, I'm just walking through the hallways. I'm not seeing... I, I'm not actually seeing patients. So I'm just walking through the hallways, saying hi to the nurses. Hey, I'm here. I uh, just meeting physicians on my own. Hey, so, so you're yeah. Hustling. I mean, you're hustling just like every yeah. other business person on the planet. You're out there saying, if I don't do this, I'm going nowhere. So here we go. I'm hustling. Welcome everybody to the back table podcast. Our, our guest today is Dr. Jose Silva, also known as Oche. And can, can we just call you Oche? Yeah, no, no problem. That'll work. All right, good. Yeah. Let's give the audience a little bit. Let's get them a chance to get to know you also. So I'll kick it off by telling a little story about how we got together. It was me, Oche, and and the governor, the former yeah. governor of Puerto Rico. <laughs> we met, I think, on the first day it had been like 10 days before MIT started back in 97. 97, yeah. Uh, August, last week of, of August. Right, right. When they when they pulled us all on the tennis court. And I think, yeah. I don't know exactly. Did you get recruited, OJ? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Coach Hamilton called me. Uh, I think it was in April. And yeah. Yeah. What's up, Coach? I hope I, we'll send him a copy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think you guys got recruited. And I was in the process of talking my way on. Um, I think I, to put it lightly, I bluffed coach on my ranking in the Missouri Valley. Yeah. <laughs> Back to me, he's like, you were ranked what again? But any, anyway, so we met and became friends at first week of tennis practice back in 97. Man, it's been a couple weddings, a couple big events, and, and a lot of life in between. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's been all, more than 20 years. Yeah. yeah. So I feel now. <laughs> I know, right? We're, we're old. It happened. <laughs> How did how did you get into medicine, Oche? So, I guess in in high school, thinking out things I was gonna do. I mean, my both my parents are dentists. I have an aunt; she's a dentist. I have my grandparents. My both my grandfather on my mother's side and and my dad's side, they were physicians. One of them was an anesthesiologist. The other one internal medicine. So, so I guess I grew up in this medicine well I, I, even if it was dentist or or, or or medicine that that's what I knew or, or that's what I saw my, my family do so so in that sense it, it was like imprinted in me I, I don't know if, if I can explain it like that but yeah it made but it yeah. yeah so so it's what I knew it's what I knew so so definitely going to college I had that in mind and I maybe I knew that I was gonna be a physician so I yeah, so not, so, not so, dentistry, huh? So I didn't like dentists. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe looking back now, yeah. <laughs> I, I I wish I I liked it, but at that time I I didn't. I I found I found it 
very boring in the sense that it's very re repetitive uh, what they were doing. So, so yeah, dentistry did, didn't sound good to me at that time. I mean, now looking back, working just eight to five or, or less and, and no weekends, yeah, that, that would be great. But, but, it, but it's not what I'm doing right now. So, but, but yeah, so, so that part, but I, I never knew what I was going to do in medicine. Yeah. I just, just, well, hey, you, and, and also my, my, my mother and my father, I, or at least my mother always said, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor since, since I was little. So, so, so that, that got in, imprinted in me. So that's what I wanted to do. And so, again, uh -huh. so, so we graduated from MIT in one and, and, and Ricky and I went off to Michigan. I, mean, I traded for a minute in the, in the middle. And then did you go back to Puerto Rico after that? So, yeah. So I go, I went back to Puerto Rico. I did a, a master in public health. So talking uh, one point, I, I took a course with Ricky's father. He, he, he was, uh, after he was the governor in Puerto Rico, he, he went to teach at Harvard. Yeah. So, so it was like a six weeks course. I think it was, and it was once a week. And, and I and I talked to him. So he did a master's in public health after uh, oh, while he was in residency. So he said, hey, if you want to do this, just try to get it right after college. Just get it over with and then just go to medicine. So that's what I did. So I went back to Puerto Rico. I did my master in public health in, in, in biostatistics. And then I started med school. Okay, in, cool. Puerto, in Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico. Yeah. Because, I mean, because, like, why Puerto Rico? I mean, you wanted to be back home? So, so yeah. So, first, it was cheaper, much cheaper than oh. going to the States. And, and, I didn't know that. And yeah, yeah, definitely much cheaper. So, so I mean, because I, I cannot go to state school in, in the States. So, it will have been at that time like sixty to $70,000 a year versus in Puerto Rico was ten to 15000 oh, No kidding. So, so definitely, and at the end of the day, same board, same everything. So it, it made sense. So yeah, so that's why I went back to Puerto Rico. I didn't know that. I, I don't, does it even work that way here with med schools? If you go to a state yeah. school, it's cheaper. So, so, so yeah, state school is much cheaper. Okay. Yes. okay. I didn't know that for med school. So yeah. So un unless you go, I mean, you go to either to Harvard or one of the, or John Hopkins, you want to the top ones. It really doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, it, it's not worth paying that much yeah. for, for, because at the end of the day, you're going to have the same education, but, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, we've hung out at your house and with family and everything. I mean, it's such a good life there. Yeah. And I, I don't, I didn't know that totally until I went there the first time. I, I didn't have any real impression, but I mean, it's such, such a good life, just fun and good food and good people all the time. And so anyway, I guess you do your medical training there and residency too, you decide to get into urology. So I wanted to be your, uh, going to orthopedics. So when I was in, when I started my third year of medical school, I still didn't know what I want to do. At some point I, I thought about doing neurology because I, I, I like the, 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 I mean, the, the, the subject, I guess. But when I started rotating with neurology and seeing what they, I, I didn't like the practice. So one thing is that you enjoy reading about the brain or how it works and that part. Another thing is really how, how it translates to the clinical aspect. So at the end of the day, you're just giving medication. And that was my opinion of neurology, giving medication and not really knowing why you're, you're giving that. Yeah. And most of the time it works because the data show it works, but really, really you, you don't have that much idea on, on, on how really it works. But so, so when I started doing 30 year uh, rotations, I like surgery. 
So so say, oh, I'm going to be a surgeon, or at least I want to be in the, surg in, in the surgery field. But when I, I went into orthopedics, that really, I really enjoyed. So I didn't have exposure of urology while in med school. So I wanted to be orthopedic. So it, it reminded me of MIT. I mean, we did uh, engineer or biomedical engineering. You had a hammer. You have <laughs> really, it, it was like, like, like being in a, in a carpenter. Right. I didn't get accepted. So I'm doing, a, doing one year of surgery is that I see surg uh, urology. And that's when I like this, the urology world that you could do clinic and you could also do surgery. Eventually, when, when, when I get older and I don't want to do surgery anymore, anymore you can stay, uh, still do some clinic and just send the patient if they need surgery to, to, to one that is doing the surgery. So, so I like that, that diversity in the field. And also, I, I saw the lifestyle of the all urologists down in Puerto Rico. You have emergencies, but we really sell them. So, so yeah, so I mean, that, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so, I mean, I'm interested a little more in that decision because I mean, I'm a layman, everybody in my family is a doctor, so I kind of get it, but tell me if I got it right. I mean, urology is basically the entire field is penises. Is that more or less true? So that's not true. So oh, actually, uh, what, okay. so, yeah. So, so the first time that I went into a, a urology actual OR, because a, a friend, of, a, the cousin of a friend of mine, he always told me, hey, come into urology. But that's what I saw. I saw him in front of a penis. And I said, hey, I don't want to have that life. Right. So, <laughs> who, who wants to do that? Right. So so, so that's what I knew. And that's what, what you're saying. That's what I thought. Okay. So so when I'm in general surgery, I started going to the, to the ORs of, of urology. And I started seeing all the... Uh, stone procedures, so so procedures to break stones. Oh, and and that's what got me into urology. That's what was when when I started. Hey, this looks so fun. So basically, in urology, we do uh, kidney surgery, we do stones, we do it's it's all the genital urinary tract in 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 men and women. Okay. So in terms of penis, we only do external genitalia in men. We don't we usually don't do external genitalia in female, but all the urinary tract. We 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 will cover that area in both male and female. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. So it had all the aspects. I mean, you're looking for quality of life. You're looking for clinical and surgical, and being able to let this be a field you can kind of get into for a while. And that's what exactly. So other fields that are purely surgical. I mean, once you get whole old, that you may may don't have the endurance to. Yeah. Let's say do. 10, 10 or 15 surgeries a week, you start going down, then you, you, don't have, you really don't have anything else. Like general surgery, I mean, there's no clinic in that sense because you, you cannot just live on just doing abscess in the office. I mean, that's some people might, might, but that might not be a real practice. Most of the general surgeons, for example, they live off appendectomies, cholecystectomies, so, so taking out, so things that come through the ER, the hernia, so some surgeries, so basically surgical, surgical cases, they don't do clinics like, like us. Like we diagnose cancer, we do cystoscopies in the office, we do biopsies in the office, we do vasectomies in the office. We do a, a bunch of, of, of small procedures in the office that you can continue doing them uh, for a long period of time. I got you. It emerged as the right field. I guess you do a residency and all that and you start opening up a practice or how, how did that work? So, yeah, so at least in Puerto Rico, it's not like in the States. In Puerto Rico, most of, of the, after you finish residency, you go into solo practice. 
so so that that trend i think so yeah so it's been like 30 years in the states that there's no that so but in puerto rico it's still like that everybody's solo practice okay so yeah you just go in and hope you get a a a loan from a bank or 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 talk to the to the hospital hey i want to set up a a bureau is here maybe they can help you and that's partly what they did with me they for example they gave me six months free for for rent and in in the meantime you will, you're seeing their patients you're you're taking calls so that's how how it works at at the beginning but really it's mainly a solo practice some other people buy the the practice of of someone that is retiring there's small groups that are starting to to come up i think radiology will be the only or, or the, the only practice that that actually works more or less like in the states, like you go in and you're employed by other radiologists, not not, not like here, like like it's uh, major corporations. So so you don't see that major corporations in Puerto Rico. Is it changing at all? Or is it still the same way? I for now it's still the same. Yeah, you don't see major. I think urology physicians are grouping together, mainly just to try to to. To have more more power against against the, the insurance companies. You know, but, do you know why it's that way? I mean, you know, what is it about Puerto Rico that is maybe interfering with groups or with the larger corporations? That's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure why corporations. So, for example, I'm going to give you this example. The only, and I'm thinking back, the only corporation in Puerto Rico is there's a phys- PMR, physical medicine and rehab, and they actually contracted with the insurance to get lower basically they, they, they will t- they will tell the, the insurance hey don't pay them a hundred percent of what you're paying now I'll, I'll, I'll get it I'll do the same for 80. Mm. so so that's what they did so what happened was that a, a lot of PMR just left the island and that's that's what's been happening that a lot of physicians are leaving but yeah not not many corporations are just going in because they will have to then uh, negotiate with the insurance company for the pagers yeah and then Probably all, all the other urologists will, will just stop taking that insurance or whatever. So, so yeah, but it will be interesting because it's going to happen. It's a matter of time. Well, it's interesting because I mean I, I've seen this from my family. In my parents came from India and they're docs here. I mean, the, my dad in particular, he's an entrepreneur. I mean, he had to buy his own practice and set it up. And I guess if you have to do it that way, it's interesting. I think if you if you weren't from Puerto Rico, it would be hard to do that. It would be hard to do that there because you have to build up that practice from your network ultimately. Yeah. So, anyway, I guess that's a that's a conversation for another time. But that's interesting. And so, but it is, but it is, yeah, it is a, an interesting topic. And right now, yeah, like like you said, everybody's small business. So all, all the physicians are small business, uh, and that's what they're entrepreneurs because they, they're they're managing their own office. And that's that's the way it is, right? You got to go, like you said, you got to get a loan. You got to find some free rent yeah. if you can, scrape yeah. by, make it happen, hire some help, and then you're running a business, basically. Exactly. Yep. And, yep. And so here you are. You're running a business for I don't know what ten odd years or so, maybe eight years or how long was so, it? So, so it was actually less. So it was. So I finished 2014. Okay. And then the hurricanes. Strike on 2017. 17. Okay, so you're up. So it was three years. So you have three years. So at first, uh, when I first started the practice, 
I was literally just watching Netflix. So basically <laughs> just waiting for people to right. show up. So, so I, I mean, when I went on, started in rugby, but I, went yeah, right. my own. I remember I got my first office and I left my company and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out on my own. And I'm sitting there staring at the phone and it's only cold callers that are calling me and I'm picking up the phone, trying to talk to every single one of them. Cause I'm yeah. just like desperate for somebody to talk to you. And you're like, this is scary. <laughs> what is gonna happen here? Yeah, so so I started just going to the to, in the medical building, just going to the other offices, handing my business card, tell the other physician, hey, this is my cell phone number. Just text me, do whatever you need. I'm here. I'm gonna ready to see your patients. I used to go to the to the hospital and and just talk to the nurses. Hey, uh, is there any consult for urology? Does it have a name? Because there, there were other two urologists there, and all of them were very very nice. You have to sort of prior to going to a hospital, if there are other urologists, just talk to them and, and, and try to get under the wing and, and get the blessing. Because if not, it, it can bring, bring you problems. Meaning? But, 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 I mean, you're, you're talking about urologists that have been there for 30, 40 years. They, they run the place. So, so basically, you need to, to talk to them prior to going to a hospital. You need to get blessed by them. And, and that's happens throughout all the other hospitals. Some people have tried to go into a hospital just without talking to the urologist and just going with management. And and the the other physicians might might turn their back against them. Yeah. So so at least in that sense I was blessed. I didn't have that issue. So yeah actually the other urologists encourage encourage other physicians to 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 send me patients because they're pretty busy. I mean this is our practice that that their waiting list is three months, so they definitely they, they don't want to see more patients. I mean, they're they're good, and also they they don't want to go to the hospital. So all the 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 console will start to 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 be on my name, and and that's how slowly it started going. Well, it's funny because I, I mean, I want to ask if it's different in the states, but I don't even need to ask because I'm sure it's a little different. But at the end of the day, it's not, and I, and I'll tell you what I mean. Even in my business, I do a lot of things in technology and, you know, everybody will say there's marketing and you got to disrupt and all these things. But in the end, it, it's rarely true. I mean, sometimes it's true like that. But in the end, you got to work within a network. That's the way you build a business. Exactly. Um, yep. You can sometimes do something outside of that. But most of the time, you got to do it one person at a time. And there is a little bit of a club and you got to work your way into the club so that you can be a part of it so that it can benefit you even if you're an outsider you just it's not, i mean you got to do it and especially in medicine i think cuz everything comes by referral sounds like there's really no other way to do it yeah and that's exactly yeah that is true and and i, I can remember also when i first started i so so that people knew my name i started to pitch my name or to, uh, just call the 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 operator of the hospital and and, and do a page and Paying Doctor Silva, <laughs> so, so, so that the people really? around started hearing my name. Yeah. I got that, I, I got that idea from an attending of mine. I I don't know if he actually did it, but he he he, 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 he wait a minute, wait a minute. You call the operator and you say, "Hey, paging Doctor Silva." Yeah. So so then a couple times a day, basically, you're advertising effectively. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I didn't have anything else to do. It was that or Netflix. So, right. so, so sometimes I, I did rounds and just, and when I say rounding, I'm, I'm just walking through the hallways. I'm not seeing, I'm not actually seeing patients. So I'm just walking through the hallways, saying hi to the nurses. Hey, I'm here. 
I uh, just meeting physicians on my own. So, so you're yeah. Hustling. I mean, you're hustling just like every yeah. other business person on the planet. You're out there saying, if I don't do this, I'm going nowhere. So here we go. I'm hustling. And, and, and also, I mean, p part of, of what you mentioned for Puerto Rico, that, I mean, most of the people in Puerto Rico are listening in that network. They stay there. So, so that's, so when I went back from med to medical school, Back in Puerto Rico, all my most of my friends from high school were still there, so I so I continued hanging out with them. So, so mo, mo, when I went to the hospital, to this hospital at Condado, a lot of my seniors from general surgery, other specialties were were there. So, so they also helped me build my practice. Man, I mean that's so rough because you do all that work and you build it up, and now you're 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 on a good path. I mean, you start you're maybe just starting to see the rewards. Three years in isn't that long at all. And then Maria hits. Yeah, so definitely, I will say that my best month was that October, that August, mm. that August prior to Maria. I said, okay, this, yeah, I, I feel good. I'm making the the amount that I want to make. So everything was looking good. Uh, and actually, we were in the process of buying a house, and then and then for some reason the, we we couldn't get close the the the, the offer. The the bank was just. I mean, just just what they, they didn't care. They said, "Oh, whenever," and then and then, Irma, the first hurricane was Irma, hmm. that I think Irma eventually came to the, to Florida, right? A and then no power for two weeks, or, or I think I think it was ten days. I think I, one one day with power, and then we had Maria. So Maria was a big one. So ten days with no power, and you're kind of navigating throughout, and then Maria comes, and it's it's. Yeah, so so power, no no power means I couldn't see patients in the office. So, oh, I I have all my my record is electronic and everything in the office. So I I couldn't see any patients. I mean, I saw about eight to nine patients in the morning, all but on, but eventually it was so hot in the office and I couldn't open the the window. So I say, hey, we we we, we can we cannot see more patients. So, I mean, so, your, your office yeah. was in the hospital, right? So yeah, I seen. Here they call it the MOB, the medical building office. So, so basically, it was adjacent to the hospital. Okay. Uh, it's not. It's not part of the hospital. The hospital, I think they rented. They they own four or six offices in that building. Okay. So again, so everybody there, most of solo, uh, all all of them are physicians. So all of them own their office. So it's not that they're renting to the, to the hospital, but the hospital had six offices, and I was renting one of them. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, oh well, even if the power is out in Puerto Rico, if you're a part of a hospital, there's going to be power. But no, no. So so now they they the the building they they bought one, but at that time we didn't have anything. So when Maria came in, I think it was like two weeks after I was able to go to the to the office to see exactly what ha what happened. Luckily, it wasn't that that damage. It was a lot of water, but there wasn't any structural damage. So, so that was good. But again, the hospital didn't have power. They were running. They had, I think, three three generators, and sometimes one broke. So that was the hospital. It wasn't the building. So for the building, I think it was like six to eight weeks with actually no no power. Just none whatsoever. No. And so what are you doing during this time? Are you at home? Are you trying so, to... So, you... so, yeah. So my wife was pregnant at the time. She was expecting, I think, was going to be... It was a planned C-section. 
I think it was going to be the last week of September. But eventually, there's no power in the hospital. There's no oxygen in the hospital. Jeez. So, so we couldn't do any 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 surgeries. So the the plan C section we couldn't do it. So October 9th, there's power, there's oxygen, and I I was there. So I I talked to the GYN or the obstetrician. Say, hey, okay, bring your wife. We'll do it now. And that's what we did. Mm. But during but during that during that time, I did I wasn't seeing any patients. So so I'm, I was just at home. Back. Uh, <clears throat> no, there's no Netflix. There's no power. There's nothing. So so just hanging out at home. I mean, I, at first, it was a, a one two week vacation. What was great? At first, I didn't got any 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 calls from the hospital. So that was sweet. Uh, remember, I mean, I'm in a solo practice. I'm I'm on call twenty four seven. So so for me, having two weeks off that was awesome. And again, I didn't know exactly the extent of the damage in in the entire island. So I, right. I mean, I, it was uh, know that is that right? I mean, you don't have. I mean, there's not, you're not seeing what we're seeing over here because we're watching on the media, but you're not able to see that really. We didn't, I didn't know anything. I, again, I, we didn't have uh, gas. The, the gas stations were, so I was trying to conserve uh, the two cars in my house with gas. So just in the, in the case of, of, because we knew that there wasn't any gas. So that, and that was a, pro, a big problem. So yeah, so I was, we were trying to, to, was just paying attention to my wife and she was pregnant and just, yeah. And it was day by day. Yeah, that's the focus. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think you said it was about two months. Is that right? So, so I so I think eventually I got a cell phone that I that I was using in the office, but because again, because I <clears throat> I didn't have power, I had a like like the internet in my office and the and the telephone was th- was through the cable company. Oh, I see. And the cable company runs on power so the cable company didn't have power they they don't have the cap- the capacity and they still don't do and uh, don't have the capacity to run the entire i don't know i think they run like 80 percent of of the cable in puerto rico to run entirely with, with with a generator so basically every time that you that you're without power the the, the phone is dead so I, I had a cell phone so eventually once we i was able to get some some reception because at first for for the first week there was no 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 telephone line. I mean no no cell phones. Everything was down. So there's no telephone during that time. So how are you even getting word about what's going on? Some friends of mine from the streets. So thankfully, uh, uh, my 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 street and you uh, you have been there. I have a bunch of friends. So some of them were actually going out to get gas for the power generators in their houses. So so some of them were, were actually going out, and that's how I knew what was going out in, in the real world. Because at, at that time, I was just living in, in, in this, that my street only. I wasn't doing anything else. My my, my parents lived like two weeks, or they lived uh, two streets away from mine. So really, there wasn't no no need for me to go outside. We had food. So so there wasn't anything for me in the, in the outside world at that time. Yeah. Eventually, I started going out to the hospital and and start seeing hey what we can do. So, I think three or four weeks. I think by the third week, I was able to to go into the office and just with the cell phone contact my 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 secretary, contact my my nurse, and we started seeing some patients. Some patients that were scheduled for surgery, we started calling them. Uh, I remember my first surgery was actually a. Uh, 
a patient that had a urethral laceration uh, from a gynecologic surgery, and she had a stent. So, so I started doing those patients that 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 had more more immediate need for surgery, and basically I, I told, her, hey, go to the straight to the ER, and and I, I will do it from there, because at first the the hospital was closed. So, it, I mean, it, they had some patients inside, but the ER was closed, so. No, no patient could, no new patient could go, go into the uh, the hospital. I think they only start uh, started opening it first for women that were pregnant. Eventually, the ERs are open, and then I was when we started doing cases. I see. Because uh, the hospital, the the chillers for the OR got damaged, so we so everything that was sterile had, had to be re-sterilized. And they, they had to do that again. So so once the OR was running, then we started doing some cases. So it's all at this point now. It's everybody's improvising. I mean, it was improvising. And then also when I when I was able to get, a, uh, I started calling friends of mine in the states, looking for options, looking for start doing some local tenants. And I actually was doing, uh, in the process of of go, doing some locums, but the process was so it took so much time. I think it was. I started the process maybe in October, but because I didn't have internet, I couldn't I couldn't send any any information to them. So so really everything got pushed back. So I mean, you're, like you said, you right before this, you had your best month ever, pretty much. Yeah, this all happened. You spent a couple of weeks hanging out, and now you're starting to think about how am I going to make money? How am I going to continue my work essentially? And you're so you're looking at options around the island. And I mean, how long is that? How long does that play out, and what's your thought process during that time? So, yeah, so I will say, well, first, I was just doing day by day, a couple of patients in the office, and I think I was I was only doing December. I only was doing in the mornings, a bunch of patients coming in. Hey, doctor, can you give me my my record? I'm moving to the states, so I saw a lot of patients just moving to the states. Okay. In November, my nurse, the, 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 my, my right hand, told me I'm, li- I'm going to the States. So, well, well, so what am I going to do? So, again, and my wife had already mentioned, hey, I don't want to leave this again. And the, the problem is on leaving an island is that you, you don't get any help. Even at that time, if the States send, send help, because you're in an island, it's very difficult to get that help and to get things going again. So and my wife said, "Hey, we, we don't need this. I mean, we're both professional. My, my wife is my wife's in internal medicine. We, we don't need to to suffer this. I mean, we don't need to suffer this again. So, so let's let's look for options. Yeah, and that that's and that's uh, well, we, well, yeah. I, th- I think by December, at the end of this or mid December, I have already interviewed here in Florida in Orlando for Advent Health, and I think January we already made we made the decision. Okay." And and you left in January? Or you we, left? No, no, no. So we left at the end of the school year. So we left June sixth. So so at that point, I mean, when did the power come back on at home? Like at what? At point? home, yeah. was So the week before, no, uh, Thanksgiving. So it was like two mo- two months after. So I mean, you're two months at home with no power. Then finally, it comes back on, and at that point, you guys have already more or less decided we got to make a change. Because we just spent two months without power, 
And then you start, now you're able to kind of look, use the internet and start looking for options is what it sounds like. And you find, you find the opportunity in Orlando. So, and- yes. So, so I had a friend of mine here, I had actually two friends, one of them, urologist. He was my residence, my resident in Puerto Rico, but uh, so he, he went here to do, to, to do a fellowship and then he stayed. So, so that's what's my, he was my contact here. Okay. And, and yeah, we did the move. Uh, and I would say those months in, I would say February, March, things got busy pretty fast. Hmm. A, a lot of older urologists were not, we didn't open or, or, or just decided to close after the hurricane. So um, it's not worth of going back. So I started seeing actually more patients. So for, for, for a moment, we, we had doubts of whether we're going to stay or, or not. But at the end of the day, I think we were looking for more stability and, and you're, more stability in, in all of life. In all, yeah. And yeah. And economic stability and just, just for things to be easier. I, yeah, I, meaning it, it, because of the circumstances, oddly enough, it sounds like you could have stayed and maybe the practice would have been even more successful because you were one of the few left. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, but life kind of. Because even, for example, even if we, if we were eight weeks without power, we still had power problems every day or, or every other day. So, so that, that, I mean, even in the office, sometimes during the day, half an hour or one hour without power, uh, half an hour, one hour without cable, without telephone lines, half an hour. Yeah. So, so that thing was an, it was a, a, a ongoing issue before and it still is, and that hasn't changed. So, so definitely in that sense, uh, uh, I mean, we don't, uh, for now, we don't have that, those issues here. So, and so let's talk about what you're doing now, what what the opportunity was here and what you're up to and part of what it was like to to rebuild and, and what's up next. Yeah, so so I will let you know. So when I was in Puerto Rico, I joined three other urologists and it was everybody had their own separate office, but it was mainly to negotiate or have better paid with the insurance. Because every year, every couple of months, they, they try to pay you less. So that gets uh, 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 it's a, uh, a never-ending battle, and that gets tiresome. Part of the positive that I look when going to the into a big corporation, with a, which I'm, I'm now, was first I was gonna get the same or or the paycheck every two weeks, because sometimes in Puerto Rico it might have been a couple of weeks, couple of months. They usually pay ninety days for some, since you see the patient, so so you they always owe you money, the the payers. Uh, so, so, so here you get a, a, a check every two weeks. Mm. Uh, you don't have to deal with that negotiation. They, 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 they have personnel that they do that daily. So, so in that sense, right now I'm practicing medicine. I'm not doing the other, yeah, which I miss. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I, I miss being part of it because because you 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 feel like an entrepreneur entrepreneur you right. you feel like you're doing something else, but really I mean at the end of the day it's just the amount of time you spend doing that and and really you you don't have any any product out nothing comes out of it most of the time Pretty thinkless <laughs> exactly so so you're giving 30, 40 hours uh, a month in just that. And at the end, not, nothing came out. So, so yeah. I said, why I am spending all this time just meeting with, 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 with people in the insurance comp? I mean, at the end of the day, they, they didn't, not, nothing happened. So, yeah, I mean, what, what you're saying is you, 
you're an entrepreneur, you're a businessman, and, you, and your chosen trade for a while was was medicine, and now it's flipped. It, it, and it's kind of good because on the one hand, you miss the the essence of business because you're practicing a lot of medicine. On the other hand, you're a very, very highly trained, specialized machine, basically. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a real waste in some ways. Every minute that you're not doing that, it's, it's just, it doesn't help anybody, really. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so now here, I'm basically a, a physician. I, I go in, they see patients, and that's about it. There's some issues that I have to deal with them, but really, uh, uh, it, it's not like I have to do major time or, or spend time dealing with something else. Yeah. Uh, right now, the, the extra time that I have in the office, uh, I, I'm actually uh, I'm doing marketing. So, so they, they're, they're, the, the hospital is helping me to promote myself, to, to, to notify the community that, that, that I'm in that area. And, and yeah, so, so, so they're helping me. Yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe the itch will come back. But, but on the other hand, it's weird because as a, I think to be most of the time to be a successful business person of any kind, you got to have a strong sense of survival because the first several years are just survival, no matter what it is. But then you get to this point of it being successful. And I think it's actually hard to go from surviving to thriving. I mean, you got to flip through, through. And, and the amount of patients that I see or new patients that I see that told me, ah, doctor, I'm here because my insurance told me that, that I needed to change urologist. And you have these big corporations just making deals with the insurance company. So to, to right now start your own practice, I, th I think it, it will be very, very difficult, at least in a metropolitan area or, or I mean, I'm in Orlando, but maybe in places that, that, that those big companies don't have any reach, maybe you can do that. But if you want to live in, in a metropolitan area, then it's going to be extremely difficult. Because there are already arrangements, kind of like referral arrangements in place for each patient via their carrier. So for example, in this area that I'm at, there's two, two big uh, companies. One, she, one says the, work, the one that I work is Advent Health. The other big hospital group is Orlando Health. And they basically negotiate the, the deals with the payers, with the insurance companies. So, so yes, yeah, so they're getting all the patients. They're getting all the referrals, which is good for me right now when, in the set, setting that I'm at. But Interesting. If, if at some point I want to go on my own, it will be extremely hard. Yeah, I mean, how would you even do it? You'd have to, you'd have to basically be an out-of-network doc and bring your patients with you. And, and yeah, it's too expensive to the patients being out of network. I mean, and and those things we didn't have to deal with them in Puerto Rico. I gotcha. you, you, you either were not part of the insurance, which is basically cash, or you were part of the insurance. Well, and, and, and probably, and I don't know, but it sounds like the groups here are the analogs. So you could join a group and they'll have a little bit more sway or you could start a group. And then you're kind of back at the, at the beginning, which is scraping it together and hustling for referrals, essentially. We're going to have to hear Dr. Silva's name in the Orlando hospitals, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So 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 right now, uh, for example, two weeks ago, I did a web, web, webinar on benign prostate hyperplasia, BPH. And it was target the, the the hospital pay for it, and it was target to the primary physicians in the area. And and that kind of 
I mean, and, and we have done that a, a bunch of times. So, in terms of marketing, I mean, you you still have to 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 let them know that you're there. Uh, yeah. But it's a little bit easier because you have somebody from marketing telling you, "Hey, you let's make the phone call. Just show up for five minutes. We'll take care of everything else." So that's what we're doing right now. So I just say hi. Hey, this is my cell phone, and that's it. I don't have to go and knock on the doors of the pay, of the PCPs, which, but I I I have done it, but it's definitely much easier because of the support that I have here now. It's good to hear. And yeah. on behalf of mainland US, w welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, happy to have you. Thanks, and so, Yeah. And and so anyway, we'll we'll be hearing more from you on upcoming uh, on on more backtable episodes. And yeah, you know, it's just I appreciate you sharing your story, Oche. I think it's it's hard for us to fully appreciate what it was like and what that whole transition was like for many. And and even what you went through, I know there there were many others who who had it a lot worse too. And so it's just it's, it's tough. It's tough stuff. But I mean, I I I have seen so many so. A lot of physicians from, let's say, Cuba, Central America, uh, South America, they, they go through Puerto Rico. So I have seen a lot of physicians or, or they went, uh, for example, neurosurgeons in Cuba or, or specialties in other countries that they want to have a better life. And they go, to, they end up in the States and the, the process that they have to start over again. I mean, yeah, what I did was nothing to com compare, I mean, com compared to all of them. So that, and that's what I I mean I'm blessed that that I was able to do it that I had the opportunity to do it. Some people want to leave the Puerto Rico but they can't. So so definitely I try to focus on that and just all, all the the good things that 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 I have been blessed with. So yeah, exactly. No, you you're right. I mean to to uproot when you've got a good life no matter where it is and I think you make a good point there. I mean look the the mainland it's it's awesome. Really it, that said, there are a lot of places that are awesome. And when you have your family and kind of deep cultural connections around you, it's really something. I mean, I, like I said, I remember hanging out with your parents and your, your sisters and everybody. And you know, it's just such a, a warm family environment, you know. And that's the everyday. That's the, that's the everyday there. It's not, it's not the everyday here. Yeah. It's not the everyday here. And that's the flip side. So it's colder. I mean, it's just, it's, there's less of that. And I will say here, or at least in Puerto Rico, you have more highs and lows. Yeah. It's just like a flat line. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's probably my take on that. So, yeah, you have the highs, yeah. you have lows, but here it's just flat. Well, let's give some shouts out first and foremost to Ricky. You know, <laughs> Ricky, you're the man. Where is, you, where is he at? Virginia? Uh, I, I was trading text with him the other day. He's in D.C., I think, or not. I don't actually, I don't know where he is. Anyway, he's he's somewhere. He's doing good, though. Good. You know, and, and um, to Tanya and Katya and, yeah. and everybody else, I guess, a couple shouts out. Anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Well, I guess my wife, she's probably be hearing this at some point. <laughs> so so I don't want to leave her out of this. And my son and my daughter and my, my dad, my parents. Probably. Yeah, good, good. Well, all right. Well, Oche, as, as much as anything, it's good to catch up, man. Good to talk. And thanks for being on the show. And we'll be we'll be looking forward to more. I know. Thanks for the invitation. And definitely, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this, and, and it's gonna be great. Yeah.